It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. The Adam Ritz Show is on campus at Wichita State University with the Shockers, and we're broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. What a warm welcome. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest is Jack Abrahamian. Did I say that right, Abrahamian? Yes, Abrahamian. Abrahamian, Jack, short for Jacqueline. You are on the female track and field team, I hear? Yes, sir. And you have been nominated by your administrators for having high character. You win the Caught in the Act Award. You've been caught in the act with high character and integrity off the field, off the track. So let's talk about your involvement with the Student Athletic Advisory Committee, SAC, S-A-A-C. What is that all about, especially with student leadership? Um, our SAC pretty much serves uh, as a voice. There's representatives from each team. Um, they serve as a voice to the administration. Um, first and foremost, we take what the student athletes give us feedback on certain events, such as this event. They give us our feed, give us feedback. We take it to um, the administration, and then from there, um, administration can do what it wants with it. Um, and then there's other people um, that are nominated through Missouri Valley Conference. So um, I am one of those people, and Alex Freshour also, and we serve as a voice for Wichita State to the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, so that's kind of what um, SAC does, is make sure that the student-athlete's voice is being heard to the administration. Excellent. And as far as I can tell, this show's going pretty well so far. So anyway, uh, how about your student, uh, I guess, community involvement, community service, charity, philanthropy work, either your team specifically or the entire group? Um, let's see. I'm not really sure what everybody's been up to lately, to be honest with you, season started. Um, I would say some things in the past, I know there's been, uh, they have groups of girls that have gone and spoken with younger groups of girls, elementary age, um, and we had a luncheon at one point, and the girls were just able to ask us questions, and we kind of spoke on, you know, staying in school, why it's important, um, sticking to their commitments, responsibility, those things. Um, I know that there's quite a few teams. The softball team, I believe, has spent quite a bit of time doing read-write kind of things, um, where they go in uh, and read to groups of elementary students and just are kind of letting them letting the kids see see what they're doing because they see them on the field and then hopefully that generates some interest so they'll come and watch them and stuff like that that is uh, inspiring to hear for all of us in the room tonight and uh, listening across the country to get involved with your communities get up off the couch help out your fellow man and women across the country it's very important to get involved and we thank you jack abrahamian for your student leadership and involvement on this campus and in kansas and we also want to thank uh, all the student athletes here at wichita state university let's give yourselves one more round of applause Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. And we continue the show from College Park, Maryland. Our guest is Eric Mansky. Hi, Eric. How are you? Good. Fantastic. You are uh, on the IFC. And for our listeners who are not familiar with 
uh, the Greek life or the fraternity system. That's the Inner Fraternity Council. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you became part of the IFC. So I am a member of Phi Delta, Phi Delta Theta, uh, one of our chapters here on campus. And uh, I was very involved in my chapter. I was on my recruitment committee, uh, my pledge education board. I was president of my pledge class. And um, I just sought uh, a better way to help out with Greek life. IFC is like the executive board of all the fraternities. We have 27 fraternities on campus. So I found that the IFC board would be a great way to continue my leadership skills. Well, it's important um, for my listeners to learn about IFC and, and fraternities because um, of the, I guess, stereotypes that go along with fraternities. I, I was in a fraternity, and I know that they're um, important in building leadership skills and integrity and character is a huge part of it. I know philanthropies and charity are involved. You do so much in the community, and yet if just one guy out of a thousand does something stupid, that's what people think of fraternities. So I try to talk to as many fraternity guys as I can to really get the message out that you're, you're more than just a Saturday night ra rebel rouser. Uh, this is character, integrity, philanthropy. You guys are doing some good stuff here. Yeah, we definitely are. Um, there are some stereotypes out there, I would say, and uh, while most of them are not true, there's a lot of good things that we do. Uh, we raise a ton of money in philanthropies. Um, uh, we have KA on this campus. They have Breast Fest, their annual philanthropy. I think they raised like over $100,000. You're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. So there's a lot of things that fraternities do besides the stereotypes that everyone thinks about us that are for the greater good of everyone. And then uh, you mentioned that uh, the KA charity that raised $100,000 for breast cancer awareness. Uh, do you know how they did it? Because that's one of my favorite parts of meeting you guys is finding out how you do your philanthropies because there's so much fun involved. There's always maybe an apparatus built in the front yard of your chapter house or there's some sort of crazy event involved where you pair up with a sorority and have some sort of competition. Do you know what they did to get that hundred grand? And if not, do you know of any of those types of situations or fun stories? Uh, I don't know exactly what KA does. Um, I could tell you about my chapter. Yeah. We have casino night. Uh, so what we do is we, we take everything out of our house. Uh, we bring in uh, like a casino company. Like they set up like tables, uh, cards, um, and our whole house is turned into a casino pretty much. And pretty much everyone from the Greek life comes and like plays casino games. Um, our, chap our chapter's uh, philanthropy is ALS, so we raise money for ALS through Casino Night. And just curious, how much money, roughly, are we talking about? I think it was 25000 You're kidding! That's past, so awesome! Past spring. That is unbelievable. Yeah, I talk to a lot of guys and fraternities, and, you know, they do a lot of cool, cool things and raise a lot of money, but... Admittedly, it's never more than $10,000. I shouldn't say never, but it's hardly $10,000 or more. And here's two examples right here you're telling me that are 25000 or more. Um, what is, just curious, what's your favorite casino game? <laughs> uh, I don't really go to the casino that much. I just turned 21, so, uh, but maybe blackjack. Blackjack. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, e that's easy math for me, too. Uh, is craps popular? I mean, do, do most college kids know how to play craps? That the... We, we do have a craps table at our casino night. I don't know if people know how to play it's it. It's empty. But, yeah. It just ends up, it's, ends up being the table it's, with the yeah. chips and salsa. Every, it's just there for fun if, if you don't know how to do it. But everyone has a great time. 
That is cool. And is that an annual tradition, like Phi Delta Theta at Maryland? Every year you can count on casino night. Yes. Uh, every spring we do casino night, and I think we started it about three years ago. That's unbelievably awesome. All right. I love those philanthropy stories. And I, I get emails all the time from our listeners, too. Guys my age that when they think of college, they think of, you know, their team playing in the Final Four. They think of going to a Rose Bowl or to a bowl game. They think of the parties they had at their fraternities. But not many guys look back and think about that philanthropy they did until they hear somebody else talk about it. So there are some 50, 60-year-old guys listening to this radio show right now that are here you talking about Casino Night, and they're like, oh, my God, I totally remember when we did that, too. And it was so much fun because you can have a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Uh, we're speaking with Eric Mansky, new membership Director, Vice President, Vice President of Membership Development yes. for the IFC here at the University of Maryland. Let's talk about that real quick. Membership development. I mean, you've got new guys coming into your fraternity system. You want them to be of the utmost character. W what do you do? So I think one of the most important things is that they are educated throughout their pledge process properly. Um, I think it all starts from the bottom. And if they are properly educated at the start of their pledge process throughout their whole learning experience, when they get to the age of you know, being an older member, they're going to impart that on their younger members. And that's what we're trying to do here is um, bring speakers in who have had experience, have uh, like a great message to give them so they can continue through their pledge process and like learn new skills that they wouldn't have known before or going through the pledge process. And like take those uh take those things that they've learned to heart and just keep continuing it with their chapter well that is great to hear that people your age are involved with uh with issues like the importance of of character and integrity and that kind of education for a young member uh before i let you go let's learn a, a little bit more about you real quick when do you graduate what are you studying what do you want to do with your life i graduate may 2016 um I am an information systems and management major in the business school, Robert H. Smith School of Business. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what I want to do. I think I want to go to law school after I graduate, but we'll see what happens. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck, and we thank you for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hello, this is Bob Diaco, head football coach at UConn, and you're listening to The Adam Rich Show. Social awareness, decision-making, social media, consequences. It all came to a head this week in Oklahoma at the University of Oklahoma with the Sigma Alpha Epsilon uh, racist chant on the bus ride. Uh, you probably heard about this story. I'm not going to accuse you of living under a rock if you did not hear this story. But to recap quickly, uh, a bus trip full of uh, fraternity men in tuxedos, probably heading to a spring formal dance in Oklahoma, the Sigma Alpha Epsilon chapter, the SAEs at the University of Oklahoma, uh, start a chant, uh, a little song, a little ditty, and it's racist uh, as heck. It's more racist. It's the most disgusting thing you'll ever hear. It would, it would be awful and disgusting in 1965, uh, throw in the fact that it's 2015, just after... Uh, Black History Month and the celebrate the 50th anniversary of Selma, Dr. Martin Luther King, and you cannot believe that there's a group of young men that uh, I don't care if they thought it was funny or if they were drunk or what that would chant and sing this song. So there's the bad decision. 
Now, how's that fit into social media? Well, they uh, videotaped it. Somebody had a cell phone camera running. They uploaded it to social media. It took about 20 hours for this thing to circle the planet nine times, and everybody was thrown out of their chapter. The chapter was closed down by the national organization. They pried the letters off the house, just like they did in the movie Animal House. And SAE, Sigma Alpha Epsilon, at the University of Oklahoma is no longer. The chapter is gone. It took less than 24 hours for them to get rid of the chapter on campus. Uh, maybe another 24 hours later, earlier in this week, the two young men that really started the chant and uh, perpetuated the chant and the song uh, were identified via the video camera, the cell phone footage, and they've been identified and they've been expelled from the school. The University of Oklahoma uh, just said, go home, pack your bags, we don't want you here. The ripple effects are ongoing. Just look at some little stories in and around surrounding this headline. The uh, the chef, the cook at the fraternity house is now unemployed. The, the house has been shut down. So the chef has no job. And this honest, hardworking African-American cook is now unemployed because of the decisions uh, the bad, poor decisions of uh, a few people uh, on that bus. Um, you've got a young African-American football player, one of the best high school football players in America that was going to go to the University of Oklahoma to play football. He has now decommitted. He doesn't want to go play there. And who could blame him? Uh, if he believes now in his heart, if that's indicative of the r racial tension and the racist activity on that campus, why in the heck would he want to go there? The guys on that bus woke up Saturday morning getting their tuxedos. They thought this is going to be a great night. We've got our dates. We've got our tickets. We've got our plans. We're going to have fun. It'll be a night to remember. And they had no idea that just a few days later that all of them would not have a place to live that Two of them would be expelled from campus and probably have to change their name and get plastic surgery just to get a job in the future. But now all of them and all of their names are associated with one of the worst racist activities of our time, I guess, in the mid-2000s. I mean, you just don't think people would act like this now. And uh, with the permanent nature of the broadcast uh, nature of social media now in any of these guys. If you were an SAE at Oklahoma circa 2015, oh my gosh, you were on that bus. Next, let's go hire somebody else. Now we do a lot of consulting with college kids and decision making, and we like to frame it in this way. Do you not sing that song so you can get a job in the future? Absolutely not. You don't sing that song because it's harmful, it hurts feelings, it's dehumanizing to a group of people. That's why you don't do it. And then uh, secondarily down the road, farther down that mountain, it's uh, gonna have some personal consequences on you. Any decision you make that's gonna affect and change lives, it's always worse for the other people. It's worse for the people that uh, are innocent, that didn't have a decision in the matter, that are affected by your decisions. And then secondarily, it will be, um, you know, full of consequences for you. Trying to get a job down the road, trying to explain this to a future possible uh, spouse or mate, uh, trying to earn back the trust of 
everybody in the entire state of Oklahoma. It's just a great, it's a horrible thing that happened, but it's a great teaching tool for our kids, for the youth of America, for the millennials, for people that uh, know how to use social media, but have no idea the damaging power that it can take over once you do something stupid. And let's face it, if it's Saturday night and you've had a drink or two, the likelihood of you doing something stupid is a lot higher than if you just had a salad and a Diet Coke at noon on a weekday. So a multifaceted story. It was worth mentioning for, uh, for a social awareness uh, perspective and social media, uh, decision-making, consequences, getting along, forward-thinking, being proactive. Uh, finally, we'll close out this story with the mention of a, a term called bystander intervention. Uh, how, you may be asked this already. How did somebody on that bus, not one guy that knew that song, or who heard it when he was a freshman, who maybe heard the, the dumbest guy in the chapter sing the song a month ago, a year ago. How did, the, how did one guy not stand up as soon as they said, a one and a two and a three, and start singing? How did one guy not stand up on that bus out of 50 guys and say, hold on, everybody shut up. We're not doing this. That's the question. So... I guess in your life, in my life, in our lives, if we're ever on a, a metaphorical bus and 50 people start to do or say something that is obviously wrong, racist, sexist, harmful, hurtful, what are you going to do? Are you going to stand up and yell, would everybody please think twice? Would you please not do this? It's going to affect a lot of people. Your decisions have consequences. And uh, now that social media has just taken over our lives, uh, we're hearing more and more of these stories. These stories have been around for centuries, uh, but every year that goes by when there's a new social media platform pop up, uh, we get to hear more and more of these crazy stories pop up and how they affect uh, just multiple lives, a lot of people involved. And this isn't going away. It's going to take quite a while for the dust to settle uh, in Norman, Oklahoma, at the University of Oklahoma. I mean, think about this. If you're an African-American family, you're sending your, your kids to college, all of a sudden, uh, the University of Oklahoma is not that high on the list, is it? Their admissions for the next few years might go down. I mean, there are ripple effects that, that stretch on for years. So there's the story. Uh, feel free, please. If you didn't know about this yet, uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. It's, it's mind-boggling. You'll shake your head. It's, it's an SMH, uh, Google University of Oklahoma, uh, racist song, uh, fraternity bus. And you'll find the story. Every single news outlet in the world covered this story on the front page as well. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. Let's check in with our regular contributor, Nigel, uh, usually reporting on some health and fitness issues. It's the Nigel Report. Grant Peterson is the author of Eat Bacon, Don't Jog. Well, Grant, um, I, I'm fascinated by this. A guy like me, I'm 38 years old, headed into my 40s. Um, tell, just, just tell me about the book, and you, you say you have some truth about what actually makes us healthy, correct? Yeah, and, and, and how to lose weight. But how to lose weight and get healthy. The thing is, if you're fat on the outside, if you have a lot of extra, if you're carrying a lot of extra pounds, it's, it's sort of a snapshot of what is going on inside. And the thing that makes us fat 
is carbohydrates because they drive up blood glucose and that drives up insulin. And insulin is the demon in all of this. And if you cut back on carbohydrates, your insulin and blood sugar drops and you will start to burn off your body fat as fuel and you'll stop being hungry. Grant Peterson is the author of Eat Bacon, Don't Jog. And another thing that I find really interesting is that you say there are some exercises that people go out and do that actually make us more stressed. Yeah, you know, any long, hard, huffy, puffy, sustainable cardiovascular exercise, whether it's a long jog or a bike ride or something like that, um, you know, that it doesn't help you lose weight. It helps you build up an appetite. Uh, depending on the kind of exercise, it can be hard on your bones. It can, it, it can internally stress you by driving up something called cortisol levels. And it's not effective exercise in losing weight or getting strong. Exercise is important. You're not saying that it's not important. You're just saying the kinds of exercises people are doing might be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. You know, exercise is important for muscle tone and strength and feeling good and looking good, you know, and being healthy. It is important, but you don't have to do long, dreary exercise. You need, say, two to five minutes of really intense, gaspy exercise, the kind of exercise that makes your muscles burn and makes you gasp for more air. And it's it, but two to five minutes, several days a week, that will do it. And then you can do your other exercise for fun, if it is fun. Grant Peterson, the author of Eat Bacon, Don't Jog, on the phone here with us. Um, let's get back to diet for just a second. You said carbs are bad, sugars are bad. I think where I get confused and where I've tried to lose weight, um, I, I'm just confused by what's good and what's bad. What are some, uh, just give me some, maybe some foods that I can eat with no problem. As you put it, eat with gusto. Uh, fatty meats, leaves, olive oil, salads, a handful of nuts now and then, cheese, bacon, absolutely. Right. <laughs> you can eat fat and you can eat leaves. Fat and leaves are the best thing to eat. Not all fats, but there are plenty of good fats. And even, you know, bacon is a good fat. I, I go into a little bit more detail in the book about what makes a good fat and what makes a bad fat. But people have this idea that if they eat fat, they're going to, it's going to pile right on their body or go into their arteries and clog them up. And it doesn't work that way. And I talk about that in the book also. Yeah, people hear the word fatty foods or the word fat and they automatically think bad. But that's not necessarily the case. Fat in your, in your diet is good. Fat on your body and in your arteries is bad. And the irony is that fat in your diet prevents and reduces fat on your body and in wow. your arteries. Wow. And it's counterintuitive, so people have a hard time accepting it until they try it. And so uh, Grant Peterson, author of Eat Bacon, Don't Jog, is on the phone here. Uh, according to your book, what are some uh, foods to avoid? Grains, every grain. Wow. I don't care if it's whole wheat what or you know brown rice if it's grain it's going to be broken down into sugar and increase your insulin and your fat storage so don't eat grains don't eat fruit juice i would say cut way back on whole fruit even and just you know eat meat and leaves nuts cheese you know if you can tolerate dairy eat cheese concentrate on fat get uh, 80% or so of your calories from fat and not from any fat, but, you know, 
if bacon is a good fat, you know, well, so is lard. Yeah. Lard is a good fat. All right, Grant. Uh, really looking forward to cracking open your book and making some changes here in 2015. Grant Peterson, the author of Eat Bacon, Don't Jog, on the phone with us. Grant, pleasure speaking with you, sir. Hey, it's going to work for you, Nigel. It's going to work. I promise. I'm Nigel. You can join me on Twitter at Nigel Now. This has been the Nigel Report on The Adam Ritz Show. You can catch up with The Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. The show is rolling on from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm at uh, Towson University in, uh, well, I guess we're not in Baltimore. We're in Towson. This is its own town, right? Towson University, just north or next to Baltimore. Uh, Our guest is Director of Football Operations for Towson University Football. It's John Dahlquist. John, hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm fantastic. We thank you for your time and coming on the show to talk about some of the initiatives you guys have with uh, what I hear is called the Total Tiger Program, the Towson Tigers. Is that right, the Total Tiger Program? Correct. Yes. Uh, Antoine Smith is our director here. Uh, I work very closely with him in regards to the football program and community service events that we do uh, throughout the year. Well, I learned uh, from your quarterback about the turtle uh, race that you guys do with the John Hopkins uh, uh, patients, cancer patients. Um, Tell me about another initiative you guys have going on. Uh, we, we have many uh, to name, but a few, I guess, locally here in the Rogers Forge uh, area right off campus. We do a dumpster day and help those folks. Uh, basically, we're the muscle behind them throwing things away and what they need to get rid of, uh, which is a nice event. Uh, we do the, the uh, Maryland MS Society, work with them on their Towson Walk here. So we volunteer helping with setup, breakdown, and everything else involved with that. Okay, and real quick, uh, an MS Walk, I, I'm going to guess that uh, MS, their organization nationally, does these walks all over the country, and you guys are really steerheading the, um, I guess, the the Towson MS walk. And do you know how much money that raises or how many people get involved with that? What are some of the, I guess, the last time you did it, can you describe that day for us? Sure. Yeah, we've done it every spring. It's usually uh, March or April, um, a Sunday morning in the Towson area. It's been from our campus. It's also been locally. Um, we've made uh, anywhere from the whole team do it to some some select guys and select groups, um, but it's something that we've been involved with. Uh, it'll be six years now uh, that we've done it, and I think Towson is the largest one numbers-wise that they have in the state. Oh, that's great. Um, one thing we can learn is uh, a social awareness uh, public affairs radio show when we talk to guys like you um, that work with young student athletes. Motivation. You know, how do you uh, get the guy on the team that just doesn't want to be part of, of this community service? They're just, the last thing they want to do is get out there and help, or they just would much rather, not because they don't want to help, but just because they'd much rather sit on their couch. That is a, an issue with just everyday people. It's hard to get off your couch to make a difference in your community. So, so what's, I guess, uh, what is the motivation or what is the pep talk? How do you, from your office and your title and your business card, how do you get the guy in the room that doesn't want to do it? How do you get him to do it? It's, uh, it's an interesting process. We have a few ways. We'll sometimes have to draft people, uh, and we know that it's better for them and their growth as a, as a human being um, to go through some process like that. Um, but some, luckily here, a lot of the older guys have been part of these initiatives since Coach Ambrose has been here, and they'll bring some of the younger guys along. And I really just need them to do one event, whatever it may be, and get interested, and they realize that they're not only benefiting other people's lives, but they're helping themselves. Um, 
they enjoy helping others. It's, it's great networking. It's great for their resume that they got involved. And that's how the guys really pick up interest in, in moving forward and, and taking on many of the events that we do. John Dahlquist is our guest, Director of Football Ops for Towson University. Uh, how many years have you been here? Uh, all six with Coach Ambrose. Or this six. is going into our sixth season. With uh, Head Coach Rob Ambrose. Um, can you share with us a, a success story of a guy that has gone through the program and has moved on now, and he's not a football player. He's a, a productive member of society, um, maybe a, a family man, maybe a man of faith. Uh, give me a success story of a guy that's come through this program and what he's doing now. It's funny you mentioned that we had a lot of alums stop by since the preseason is here. The itch is back for a lot of the alums. Uh-huh. We have a guy named Paul Stefanik, uh, a Pittsburgh uh, native uh, that graduated from here in uh, our early years. He actually uh, is a cancer survivor. Wow. So he dealt with that while he was playing here, had time off, returned from that, unfortunately tore his ACL in the first scrimmage back, full contact. But uh, a man of faith, as you spoke about, and a man that's really out there in the community, he's, he's come back to the area and he's about to be a Baltimore County uh, police officer wow. in the near future. So he stopped by last week. It's funny you bring that up, but he's a, he's a great success story in, in all walks of life that um, is, a, is just a great alum for us. And his cancer? Uh, yep. Wiped out? Perfectly fine. Okay, now get uh, his name to me one more time. I'm looking him up. What is that name? Paul Stefanik. Stefanik. S-T-E-F-A-N-I-K. A-N-I-K. Paul Stefanik. Okay, when we broadcast this interview, I'm going to try to find him on Twitter as well and, and connect him to this story. Paul yep. Stefanik from Towson University, making everybody proud. Uh, the Tiger Program, the Community Service, the football team, Good things are happening here at Towson University. Uh, John Dahlquist, our guest, thank you so much for joining us. I want to wish you the best of luck. Thank you for having me. We thank you so much for joining us every week on this broadcast and remind you to go to the website, adamritzshow.com. Near the top of the page, you'll find a GoFundMe link to donate to the Lupus Foundation of America. We've been supporting the Lupus Foundation of America the last few weeks. We'd love for you to donate. Uh, And you can do that through adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.